book of James chapter 4. Yeah, verse 1. By the time you get, you, you can just start reading. I'm, I might stop you here and there and just okay. pick up where you leave off. All right. James chapter 4. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that were in your members. Look at that right there, your lusts. We, we always like to look at the other one warring against us, but it's, it's you, it's me. It takes two. When there's, when there's arguing in a marriage, it takes two. When there's, when there's a fight between two people, it takes two. Uh, you can't do it on your own, or it's not going to happen with one person. It always takes two. There's two sides of the story, and then there's the truth. Amen. And although we're always blinded to, usually we're blinded to the truth, but God opens up our eyes and reveals things in the scriptures. And it's important that we keep the scriptures within the home, within the marriage, within relationships, within the church. Why? Because it comes from my lusts. It comes from your lusts. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. We will never, the Bible says, our flesh will never be satisfied. Be careful what you give up. Be careful what you leave the Lord for. You'll never be able to obtain what you're going after. You have to allow the Lord to give you uh, his blessings. The Bible says his blessings, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. But if you leave the Lord to try to obtain and try to win or try to have, uh, then you're going to end up with nothing. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. And how ye ask amiss... You may even pray about things, but when our hearts are blocked out to the Lord's will in our life, we're only going to see in front of us what we want. And we're going to force God's will uh, upon us and make it happen. We're going to turn what we want or our lust into God's will, what I'm saying, and force it in our life and try to make it happen. And even God uh, can't work on our hearts because we're blinded with our own pride and our own lust. This is what this is saying here. And we ask amiss, Lord, if, if you want this to happen, make it happen. But uh, what we're really saying is, Lord, I'm going to do it whether you want like it or not. Yeah. Verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is an enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Now, this is not talking about <clears throat> having friends and not having friends. This is talking about uh, the being friends with the world. Uh, we, we need to be a friend with God. And God uh, works in the world. Amen. We are pilgrims and travelers uh, in this world. We don't need to be a friend with the world uh, we could be a friend to the world. That's, there's a big difference with being a light in the world versus being covered in the world and trying to live in this world. 
the Bible says if, if you don't shine, if you don't, people don't see Christ in you, then you're covering your light. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Amen. That's good right there. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for always being there for us and, and working in, in our lives and helping us. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with each and every one of us now. Bless us, I pray. Strengthen us, Lord. Strengthen our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, the devil stirs up our flesh, stirs up our lust. Now, our lust, the Bible says, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And the Bible says, when that lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Our lust is what we, um, it's what draws us uh, to sin. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. That's, your lust is what is in you, and it's what draws you to do evil. It's the high of the sin. It's the pleasure part when you're drawn, when you're playing with sin. That's where your, your lust is starting to develop with that. Now, the more you give into that lust, the stronger it's going to get. And the more you allow it to uh, remain at that point, uh, the more out of control uh, you will be and the less control you have on the situation. Uh, there becomes a point where uh, you've crossed the line and uh, there's no turning back as far as... Your strength is concerned. Uh, the Bible says uh, in Proverbs, uh, when that young man, when he allowed himself to get to the point with the lady, with that temptation, uh, she forced him. It got to the point where uh, he was overpowered in that situation. And you can allow yourself to be overpowered uh, with sin and with your lusts. And there is a point where we can get with that, and it's a dangerous situation, and you don't have any control. Uh, if you ever, when we were driving one time, and we were going on vacation, and a, a young girl, she was driving next to us, and she uh, hydroplaned. It was raining a little bit, and I don't know if the, the kids remember that, but Jesse, you remember, and she crossed... Uh, she hydroplaned, and she wound up flipping her car over on the turnpike, and we pulled over. We helped get her out of her car, but her car was completely upside down. She went over to Bankman, and that car did a somersault. 
landed upside down. She was fine, thank the Lord, uh, but she lost control. And when you, when you lose control of your life, you don't know how you're going to end. I, I can't, went running to that car, and I didn't know if I was going to see blood and guts or, um, okay, I didn't know. I was scared to go, you know. What, 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 what's going to happen when sin's finished with you, sin's finished with me? Thank God we're still here, amen? Um, but when sin, when it's finished, bring forth death. And there are many examples of people's lives that are destroyed uh, from sin. And it, it's not my strength and my ch choice that I'm here today. It's by the grace of God. Because if I was in the same shoes as somebody else, imagine if your lust, uh, maybe we, we uh, say, you know, I'm thank God that I'm not on, on Kensington Ave as a heroin addict, right? And there may, you know, I know many that have recovered and so forth, they got saved, but, but imagine if your lust was heroin. How would you be? You wouldn't be so well, would you? And uh, we, can, we can point fingers. Imagine if your lust was uh, alcohol. How would you be? You know, we, we start dabbing into our sin, and it may not be those outward sins that everybody can see. They're, they're hidden sins, so we can play around them with them a little bit more. Why? Because people don't know about them. There's no difference. That's only because we like to appear before others that we're fine. But we're not fine. Our appearing has to be before God. God is the one who judges us, and God sees our heart. And the Bible says here, uh, Do you think the Scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth envy? But he giveth more grace. Who? God giveth more grace. If we do not get a handle on the grace of God, we will never grow as a Christian. What is the purpose of us being here or being before God uh, to just appear as everything is okay. No, God wants us to give, he wants to give us victory in our lives. He wants to give us victory uh, to see us truly growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ so that he can use us as vessels of honor and see people saved. If we want true revival in our lives, we have to see ourselves for who we really are. Uh, I know it's natural for especially the women to want to look pretty, right? You spend some time in the mirrors and, and uh, hey, that's what God made women, um, uh, a desire in them to look pretty. Amen. Look pretty, girls. Look modest, look pretty, look beautiful. Uh, God wants you to appear um, as the beauty that he made you to be, amen, in a godly fashion. But what I'm bringing out there as, you know, you go into the mirror and you want to make sure that you look okay, that your hair's done right and, and that, you're, um, that you're okay to appear before others. But God wants us to take a look. The Bible says that as a church, we are the woman, we are the wife. And he wants us to appear pretty before him. 
The Bible says that the Word of God, the Scriptures, is a mirror. And we need to reveal, allow God's Word to reveal to us how we look. And just as you would appear in a mirror physically and want to look pretty, as God's children, we should want to uh, go through the mirror of God's Word to allow our lives to be changed for our spiritual beauty, the beauty of, for the Lord. The way God sees us, we should allow God to uh, look down on us and say, wow, you are beautiful. You are beautiful. Uh, I love the way you're looking. And you say, thank you, Lord. You've changed me. You've cleaned up my life. You've, you've turned my heart to you. You've You've gotten these things that were making me dirty. You've gotten these things that were making me unclean out of my life. Uh, and you've allowed me to stand before you beautiful. And that's done through the blood of Christ. We can stand before him clean. But as God's people, the Bible says that we need to be unspotted from this world and allow God to clean us up as individuals in our lives. He says, but he giveth more grace. He giveth more grace. Grace is there to teach us and to keep us uh, from that sin. He giveth more grace, the Bible says, and it teaches us how to live godly. But he says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Look at verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will, what? Flee. That means if you do not resist the devil... Where will the devil go? That means he's going to stay. Resist the devil, he will flee. Okay, if you don't resist the devil, now you just told him to stay in your life. Why do I go through all these temptations and problems? Well, you got the devil on you. That's it. You got to resist the devil how do you resist the devil? Resist, the, resist means to stand up against. Stand up against. And there is one, one way to resist the devil, and that's through the word of God. As the Lord, uh, in the temptation in Matthew chapter 4, when God uh, stands up against the devil, the devil was not able to stand up against God's word. It made him flee. And we need to get into the scriptures and allow the scriptures, the mirror of God's word, to change us. As we look into the mirror of God's word, to be beautiful for the Lord Jesus Christ. Allow him to change you. Allow, allow him to turn you. Sometimes we, we approach the Lord and we ask amiss because our mind and heart is already made up. Our, our hearts are already made up to, to the point where we are content with who we are. But is Christ content with you? Is there things that you can change for the Lord, for the better, as an individual? We don't need to look at each other. We need to look at ourselves. Submit to God, the Bible says. God resisteth the proud. Proud. Being proud. The world revolves around you. Uh, there was a point in my life where God showed me when he showed me my pride, I thought I was the most proud man that ever lived. Before that, I thought I was the most humble man I ever lived, that ever lived, right? 
But when he showed me how proud I was, I felt wretched and terrible. And how he did that was through the word of God. I just didn't read a verse one day, uh, you know, about pride. No, it was God continuing to work on me as I was indulging into the word of God and, and trying to walk and pursue and humbling myself, not even knowing it at that time, but uh, getting before the Lord and asking God to uh, do a work in my heart and, and to get closer to the Lord. And the Lord began to humble me. And one of the, the ways he did that was just showing me my pride. And when he revealed that to me in his word as a one-on-one uh, from father to son, it, it opened my eyes because the mirror of God's word revealed to my heart uh, the, the hidden evils and sin that was there. On the outward, I appeared good. I would go to church, carry my Bible. I would lead souls. I would tell people, uh, oh, I led this person to the Lord today, and I would bring people out to church and so forth. But a greater sin was in my heart. It was that pride uh, that I didn't even know was there. I didn't, I didn't know it was there. If, if, if I knew, I would have maybe dealt, tried to deal with it. But see, God has something so much more. And when God showed that to me, um, not that I'm now humble, but I know, Lord, I got problems with pride. Humble me, Lord, help me. Uh, I'm able to, to approach the mirror of God's word in a different way, deeper, uh, to, hit, to draw out the, the, the ugliness and evilness of my heart. Humble yourself before God. The Bible says, resist the devil, he will flee. If you don't resist the devil, you don't stand up to your lust, stand up to the devil in your life, the devil will stay. Look who will go. The Bible says God resisted the proud. There's things in your heart, sins of the heart, that God resists. God resists you, and you got the devil in your life. We want it the other way around. We want God to say, come over here, and we want the devil to go away. You see this comparison here in verse 6 and 7. God resisted the proud, uh, and the humble needs to resist the devil. You can't have one or the other. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Verse 8, cleanse your hands. You know what we do spiritually? We got dirty hands. The easiest thing to do is just to put gloves on, right? And you keep it up, keep moving, come to church, everything's good. Hey, why you got them gloves on? No reason, no reason. Uh, and we got dirty hands. And we try to live at, and, and make up, subconsciously make others think that we're walking with the Lord. But reality is, reality check, uh, we got some issues going on that God can work on now. Amen? There's things that God wants to work on, but maybe in the future. Uh, there's steps to our growth. We're never going to be perfected until we get to heaven. The Bible says that uh, then we will be like Christ when we see him as he is. We will see him face to face. There always, there will always be Growth. There will always be something that God will be working on. There will always be something that God will show you 
in the mirror of his word. A sinless perfection is not possible with a sinner. Amen. That's why we got saved and we needed the blood of Christ. If there is things that can uh, make you perfect, then praise God, we didn't need Christ. But we needed his blood uh, to justify us, to wash away our sins. And thank God he saved us and he called us and he's given us an opportunity now to walk with the Savior. Draw nigh to God, the Bible says. Here we have some commandments, and we're going to close. In 7, it says, resist the devil. Resist the devil. If you allow the devil to get a foothold in your life, you will not have control. The devil does it very craftily. He sneaks in, uh, as he questioned Eve, yea, hath God said, he starts questioning the word of God to get you to doubt. Why? Because he knows the power of God's word. Yea, hath God said, Eve? Eve, all, all she had to say was, yea, God hath said. Yes, he did. Get out of here, devil. But it's not that easy, isn't it? Why? Because he, the devil uses our lusts and it attracts us. When she seen that fruit, she's like, wow, that's a pretty fruit. That'll look good on my wall of my new kitchen, in my kitchen bowl. You know what? I'm going to give that to my husband, Adam. You know, and she, he started using her lusts and using uh, who we really are. And it's not easy, uh, but we do have the strength and grace uh, to to uh, move forward with the Lord, amen, and for God to clean us up. Cleanse your hands. Cleanse your hands. Draw nigh to God. First, we need to resist the devil. Number, uh, or verse 8, draw nigh to God. Our goal as Christians is to get closer to Christ. To get closer, draw nigh to him. That's our goal. Our goal is not to... Uh, get clean. No, our goal is to get closer to Christ. And when we get closer, everything else will take care of itself. Why? Because Christ, he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Bible says, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart, let him depart from iniquity. As we get closer to God, and the light of his countenance shines on us, we will see what truly is affecting us. And when you get a love for Christ and a heart for God, you're not going to want that to stop. You're not going to want to uh, offend your Savior. You're not going to want to hurt your relationship, especially if he's blessing you, which he will, Especially if you're, uh, you're, you have a fervent walk with him, you're not going to want that to end. You're going to say, God, what can I do for you? What do you want me to do? Draw nigh to him, and he will draw nigh to you. Our sin gets, does get in the way. There is a reason to stop sinning today. There's a reason to get up out of your pit 
to stop watching the nonsense on the computer, on the TVs, on the phone, whatever. There's a purpose to clean our lives up. The Bible says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Does sin, does sin affect our hearts truly? Yes, it does. Does it create a double-mindedness in us? Yeah. Yeah. Sin affects us further than what we'll ever realize. It's only by the grace and mercy of God that we are not consumed. The Bible says, because his compassions fail not, great is his faithfulness. Uh, there's work at work. Uh, today, people say, whatever you do on your free time, that's on you. But when you come to work, uh, make sure you come like this. Well, no. Whatever you do on your free time is going to affect. You drink all night and try to come to work the next morning, your mind's going to be destroyed. What you do at all in your life affects your mind, affects your judgment. There's no on-off switch with sin. Sin, when it enters into your life, never stops. It's like cancer. We need to clean up. Clean, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, the Bible says to guard your heart, keep your heart. Let's go there and we're going to close. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart. The Bible says that pleasures, sin, it takes away your heart. Steals your heart. When you allow the devil to come in your life, you're basically giving over your heart to him. That's why the Bible calls us adulterers and adulteresses at that point. Because our heart no longer belongs to Christ. It now belongs to the world. It belongs to, we are very sensitive people. That's why we can love at one moment and hate at the next. Our hearts are unstable. They must stay focused on Christ. We got to keep them. We got to guard them. It means to guard it. Let nothing in. Keep it on Christ. That is the great commandment, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Keep thy heart. If you let your heart be given over to something else or someone else, it's gone. And you no longer have control of your life. Keep thy heart with all diligence. That means with everything you got, keep it. For out of it are the issues of life. Meaning from that point forward flow, everything about you stems from that. Who you are, how you act, how you respond to people, your motives, your judgment, your mindset, the way you think. People today in society think off. They hear one thing, 
there's the truth, but they, when they hear it, they hear something else. Their, their judgment and their mindset and the way how they hear is completely gone. Why? Because their hearts are taken away. The devil, the prince of this world, has stolen their heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Who does your heart belong to? Who does your heart belong to? In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 5, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Cur I'm going to read that again. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm. Meaning you start trusting in flesh, in people, because you could see them, because they might have money, because they ha bring security. And whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in a desert and shall not see when good cometh. Why? Because your judgment is off, your mindset's off, you won't even see it. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and a salt land and not inhabit it. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. Allow the Lord to have the heart. The heart is you. With all defenses broken down. Everything you got. If you were ran over on, on 95, you got nothing left. Somebody dragged me out of here. That's how you come before the Lord. Lord, I got nothing. I just come. I'm here. I got no defenses. I'm not trusting in anybody else. I'm willing to give up everything for you. And if you're holding one thing back, that one thing will grow into a heart that is away from the Lord again. When you come, you come humbly before the Lord with nothing in between and allow God to have you, have your heart. And at that moment, he'll take it and he'll bless you. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. When there is something in between you and the Lord, God sees that. It doesn't matter you come... Uh, I read my Bible every day. I, I lead people to the Lord. I do this. I do that. What's the whole point? There's no point to that. God doesn't, I mean, he's thankful for that. Or he, he's, uh, uh, he'll bless you for that. But he wants you. He wants you. Are you clean before the Lord today? Is there anything in between? We have revival on Sunday. 
to, tonight, ask God, God, do you have my heart? Do you have all of me? All of me. Is there one thing in between? Lay yourself out. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, um, to offer yourself on the altar, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable. God offered himself for you. We offer ourselves to him so that there's nothing in between. Give your heart to Christ tonight. And if it's got captivated and it's on something else, allow the Lord to have it back. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for um, allowing us to come back dirty. And you said just to cl clean up, cleanse your hands. Lord, that means we can, we can come back dirty and you'll still take us. Lord, and here we are. Take me. What do you want me to do? Humble myself. Resist the devil. Clean up and get moving again for you. Lord, take my heart. If there's anything in between us, Lord, our relationship. Lord, let me see in the mirror of your word. Reveal it to me, O oh God. Show me my heart the pride, the fear, unforgiveness, self-righteousness. Lord, there's so many sins that people can't see that I can hide way deep down inside. But if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Lord, I give up. I put it all on the altar right now, confessing all my sin. Take me. Clean my hands, oh God. Strengthen me again. Take my heart. I give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. And let's do business with God tonight. Let's cleanse our hands. Let's lay our heart on the altar for the Lord. Lord, take my heart. Take my life. I hold nothing back. I want to be blessed again. I've allowed things to get in between us. It happens. We're people. That's why the verses are in the Bible. God says, cleanse your hands because we get dirty. Nobody stays clean. God says, confess your sins because we sin. But oh, the mercy and grace of God to allow us to come back every time. We just got to want to come back. Be willing to come back. And be willing to allow God to have all of us. Lord, take all of me. All of me. Take all of me. I lay all on the altar. Nothing between my soul and the Savior.
let nothing between. If you're praying, take your time. Don't let anyone rush you. Nothing between. Keep the way clear. Let nothing between. My soul and the Savior, not of this world's delusive dream, I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine, let nothing between, nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that His blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. Amen. Nothing between. Keep thy heart. Don't let anything in between your relationship. Let's sing that last verse, page 85, and we'll close it out. 85. Page 85. We'll sing verse 3, one verse. Nothing between like pride or station, self or friends, shall not intervene though it may cost me much tribulation i am resolved there's nothing between nothing between my soul and the savior so that his blessed face may be seen nothing preventing the least of his favor keep the way clear let nothing between amen let's close it out god bless you have a beautiful rest of the week and don't forget our vbs meeting tomorrow I want to ask if you uh, participate in that and helping out. Uh, and if you'd like to, you have any ideas or things that you want to review, uh, we're going to have a time of um, response, questioning and answering and so forth. That's what the meeting is going to mostly be. And get ideas for next year as well. Uh, and write all that down and to help formulate uh, more preparation for our vacation Bible school number two next summer. Of 23. Amen. 
So let's close in prayer. Uh, Brother Tom, you want to come up and close us in prayer? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for tonight's message. Father, help us to remember and draw nigh to you, and you'll draw nigh to us. Father, I pray give us traveling mercies. Help us to get home safely, and we give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Resist that devil. Resist him.